Hello everybody, this is Conrado. Just wanted to let you know that we had a little bit of an issue with the audio in this episode, especially with my audio. So we've done the best we can to save it. You might still hear a little bit of fussiness and rattling whenever I'm speaking. So we apologize for that. We are trying to fix the issue so the next episode will sound better than ever. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hi everybody, welcome to the Criterion Project. This can be a very fun episode where we are talking about one of my favorite comedies ever. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Conrado's here. Yes, he is. Very happy to be here. Yes, and we have a very special guest with us today to help talk about this film. We have Murtada from the Sundays with Kate podcast. And thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Conrado. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to talk to you about one of my favorite actors of all time, Catherine Hepburn. Yes. Uh, well, why don't you introduce yourselves to our audience? Uh, that uh, this is your first time coming on the show. Yes, I'm a culture writer and critic based in New York. I host a podcast called Sundays with Kate. It's a podcast about Kate Blanchett and her movies. Um, so each week mm-hmm. we choose a Kate Blanchett film and we talk about it with a guest. Conrado was a guest recently where we talked about The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. That's right. I had a great time. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great, great conversation. And you can find my writing on movies and TV all over different places. The film experience, backstage, awards mm-hmm. watch, Mediaversity reviews. That's great. Uh, how did you get the idea to to talk about Kate Blanchett? Um, I just always liked Kate Blanchett. I remember I was a very young, impressionable teenager when I saw her in Elizabeth. And uh-huh. I was like, who is that? And it was just like you would say, love at first sight. And I've been following her career since. And I always wanted to like take a deep dive into why I like her and why she is such a captivating screen presence. Mm-hmm. And so That's great. And so hence the podcast. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, well, what we like to do for our podcast is we like to start out talking about what we've been watching, particularly if you've seen anything on the Criterion channel or anything kind of on brand. <laughs> uh, we like to talk about it. And Grado, what about you? What have you been watching? Yeah. So um, I have been watching uh, these movies out of the Criterion channel, but I just realized that I just got the email with the programming for February, and they're all going to be on available on Criterion channel starting in February. So I thought it was a great moment to talk about them. And these are the uh, movies that director Joseph von Sternberg made with Marlene Dietrich in the 30s in Hollywood. So... I'm making my way through them, and I watched uh, three of them so far. The Blue Angel, which was made in Germany, and it's their first collaboration, and then Morocco and Shanghai Express. And I have been, uh, I I guess, kind of surprised, but also very uh, excited about these movies. Um, They're early sound movies, so they're pre-code, so they're a little more risque than your classic 
Hollywood that you would expect. And they do some very exciting things, particularly in the way uh, the Marlene Dietrich characters are presented. They are uh, in many ways very sexy and very sexual, but also they're very soft at times and very um, vulnerable, but also strong. They're so much more complex than I than I thought that an older um, Hollywood female lead could be. Even though there are also a lot of um, strong um, female leads in the classic Hollywood postcode era, but this was really something else. I don't know if, if either of you has seen any of these movies. I don't think I have. Um, I think I've seen The Blue Angel but a while ago, but I'm excited that they're now on the Criterion uh, channel. I want to dig into them. Yeah, they're very, very exciting and um, uh, very moody. The cinematography, definitely, there's a lot of shadows and there's Marlene Dietrich has incredible costumes all the time and she has, uh, you know, musical sequences. Um, and they're very, very unlike uh, most of the stuff that you would expect from that time. So, so I'm very glad to be catching up with them and I'll, and I'll talk more when I've seen more of them. Cool. Uh, what about you, Martado? What have you been watching? So your invitation to come on this podcast to talk about this movie came to me at exactly the right moment because the Criterion is having this Cary Grant monster, Cary Grant Bonanza. And maybe a couple of days before you guys said, do you want to come talk about this movie? I watched The Awful Truth, which is Cary Grant and Irene Dunn. And it was a silly, just, you know, one of these screwball comedies that are just so fun to watch. And I was like, and I've seen Bringing Up Baby before, of course, but I was like, oh, well, since I'm going to talk about this, let me watch what other movies he has on Criterion. So I've also watched Holiday, which is the first time I've seen it. It's uh, Hepburn and Grant, and it's been unavailable for a long time. So I was excited so to watch that. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Like like that, that acrobat scene that they do, they were such gorgeous physical comedians, both of them. It's such a fun movie. Um, mm -hmm. And I've also been watching, they have Jane Fonda this month. So I've watched a couple of her movies. So... There is this, I really love the one, this obscure 80s thriller called The Morning After, which she plays um, a drunk actress who wakes up um, one morning with a dead man in her bed, and she's trying to figure out, did she kill him? What brought him to her bed? Why is he dead? Um, it's, it's, it's a very sort of um, eccentric movie, but mm -hmm. it, she is amazing. She plays a drunk, and... You know, playing a drunk, a lot of actors do it and it you could sort of see it, but she does it differently, Jane Fonda. She brings this vulnerability to this drunk woman who who thinks she's guilty, but also thinks maybe she can't kill somebody. It's it's really interesting. Wow, yeah. I had only heard that uh, she got nominated for that movie. I never knew what it was about. That sounds very intriguing. I just had heard it as a, like a oscar stat yeah yes mm -hmm. it, it is her last nomination ever can you imagine oh wow 1986 well she went quite a while where she wasn't making movies yes when she was married to ted turner yes mm -hmm. and then she has been doing television mostly but yeah that's interesting i like you have also been watching the carrie grant uh collection i i would love if they keep that for as long as possible so that i can because i just love I love his movies. He had such good, good taste. He, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's only a few duds in his repertoire as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But uh, I I watched uh, just this week watched my favorite wife, which is so funny. Ooh. 
about uh, he he plays this man who his wife was lost at sea. She he waited seven years, and so he finally he decides to get married again. And on the night of his honeymoon, uh, his wife shows up. <laughs> Irene Dunn. Oh. and it's it's really funny ridiculous but very funny and uh i i think uh it, and then he finds out that he she wasn't alone on the island that there was this man there who uh they referred to each other as adam and eve and he gets super jealous and it's it's really good i enjoyed it very much yeah i i'll have to put that on my queue irene dunn is such a treasure oh and they have such good chemistry it it might be his best chemistry with it i don't know he's so good with everybody but yeah i loved her in the awful truth like yeah she looks so amazing in that movie like mm-hmm. just, just such a fantastic sort of just glamorous screen presence um, yeah she's glamorous but there's also something approachable about her it feels like I might know somebody kind of like her, you know, like mm-hmm. there's something every day about her, even though she is glamorous kind of I mean, somebody like that. You're never going to feel that way about like a Marilyn Monroe or somebody like that, mm-hmm. but you, you feel that way about her. And uh, they, uh, they did a, a number of movies together and they're just really fun. So I enjoyed that very much. But I also wanted to give a quick shout out uh, to the late Michael Apted, who we lost in January, who uh, did the uh, did a wide range of films, including a Bond film, The World is Not Enough, uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. But he's most well known for doing the Up series, which is just an incredible series that I'm sure will end up on the Criterion uh, a collection someday it should <laughs> that he took a group of school children at seven and tested the idea of can you predict the man uh, that they are to become and i followed them the la- latest one was 63 up and i'm guessing they will uh now retire the project because he's he was kind of the, the 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 thing that gelled it all together and it was just an incredible series to watch these people grow up and and uh and change in each seven years and we got our last one last year and uh we'll definitely we'll miss him and uh and his incredible work mm-hmm. so if you haven't watched the up series definitely i think it's on netflix if i'm not mistaken but you should definitely watch it it's really good Okay, well, let's talk about bringing up baby. I I've said Murtado, I've said on this podcast before that I think that comedies are really hard to podcast about because yeah. at a certain at a certain point, you either think the gag is funny or you don't, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. Yeah, like what are you gonna say? Like, no, you should have found it funny. Well, <laughs> like, <laughs> and you can't really recreate it on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but I don't know. This is one. Bringing a baby is a movie that I I would struggle with anybody who didn't find it funny. I it's to me it's just I mean I I took so many notes because there were just so many scenes that were funny and I was just laughing throughout and it's the kind of thing that like if this happened to you in real life it would be the worst. 
but it's funny yeah. because it's so ridiculous and she's like it would be so stressful dealing with this woman but oh yeah <laughs> she's so high I, maintenance isn't she she's but. so she's so stressful like just you would be worried about everything that she touched and everything that happened and but I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I was laughing throughout. I thought it was so funny. Should we say maybe a little bit what it's about in case someone yeah. is, is listening who hasn't seen it? And it's a screwball comedy from 1938 mm-hmm. um, directed by Howard Hawks starring Cary Grant plays a paleontologist from a museum and he is um, trying to get this grant for the museum from some rich woman and then, um, as he's trying to court this grant, he runs into Catherine Hepburn, who plays this kind of uh, rich heiress, who is also a person who is completely bonkers, I guess, is how I would describe her, who just doesn't really... I think what it is is that she doesn't really care about the rules of society. She lives by her own rules, and, and that's something yeah. that is completely against the way that Cary Grant uh, goes around the world. Yeah, but she's completely reactionary. She's like reacting immediately to whatever situation is in front of her, as opposed to most people, they're kind of thinking a few steps ahead of kind of what <laughs> what they want. Uh, and uh, I don't know, Conrado, this was your first time seeing the film. Yeah. So what did you think? I thought it was hilarious and a lot yeah. of fun. Um I had seen um, Howard Hawks' um, His Girl Friday before, which is also a great movie and a lot of fun. I thought this was even sanier and, and yeah. you know, more ridiculous than His Girl Friday. And I really appreciated that. I really loved that kind of, like, fast-paced and, you know, kind of silly humor. Um, and there's a lot of pratfalls and there's, like, you know, everything with the leopard and, you know. Um, so I had a great time. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think that His Girl Friday is more about the dialogue mm-hmm. being really snappy. And this is more about the, more about the slapstick, mm-hmm. more about the pratfalls and the, like you, you feel kind of tense in your, <laughs> yeah. like your chest watching it. You're like, oh. Although I think Catherine Hepburn does speak as fast as they do in His Girl Friday. Like she's just going. She speaks so fast. <laughs> It well, it starts so he is this, I guess, museum curator, uh, and has been working on this dinosaur for years and years. He's engaged to this woman named Alice, and it's it's a very much a kind of marriage of of convenience in a way that they just kind of both believe in the same causes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I was gonna say, and a totally. Um, kind of repressive kind of way of looking at marriage, right? She is like, we're going to get married because it's going to help your work and it's going to be all about your work and there's going to be no, uh, like, no pleasure is, I think, something that they say or, like, no mm-hmm. love or whatever. And Kay Grant even asks, like, not even children. And she's like, well, it's going to be your work first, you know? So it's kind of this thing of, like, um, completely outside of emotions and, you know, it's all cerebral. It's all practical. Yeah. And it's also a staple of comedies from that era, right? Like they always present somebody else like a third wheel, but the third wheel, it's a complication, but also they're so wrong for the hero or the heroine that the minute the movie starts, you know, oh, definitely they won't end up together. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's very true. Even in Hallmark movies, you see that with the, we call them the bad men of business. That for yeah. some reason they're with this bad man of business. And why are they together? Because he's obviously horrible. And you have to uh, go through the hijinks of whatever is going to happen when she goes back to her hometown and realizes the error in her ways. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think in this case, I can't see why they're together or why he thinks that he should be with her, right? Because he's mm-hmm. come into this world of science and paleontology and um, she feels like she should be the person that he's with just because of what his job is and where she works and all that stuff. And and it ends up being that he what he needs is something completely different that, you know, Catherine Hepburn takes him for a ride and, and craziness ensues. Yeah. I mean, it starts out when he's trying to, he's trying to impress these people so that they'll give, uh, you know, him the million dollars for his museum, uh, on the golf course. And she takes his golf ball and <laughs> that's sort of the beginning. And just even their arguing over the golf ball is so, it's just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> what I love about that is that, that he sees Kevin Hepburn is like, uh, about to play with his ball and then he's like no this is my ball and she just doesn't get it she's like no it's like i don't know what you're talking about and she just keeps playing and then he sees her driving his car and he goes up to her and he's like this is my car and she goes like well is everything in the world yours which i thought was really funny and he says not you thank goodness yeah exactly um and and what i loved about that character in that moment is that the Catherine hepburn character is just she's like Bugs Bunny, right? She's just a force of nature and she doesn't really, she doesn't care about private property. That does not exist for her. It's all like, I do whatever I want, wherever I am. And whatever's in front of me, now this is my car. She steals multiple cars throughout the movie. Yeah. She's the ultimate Connecticut rich girl. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't care. She just does whatever she pleases. Yeah, no, it's true. And, um, and and it just they managed to make really little things funny which i think usually separates uh, a great comedy from a good comedy because you have the sort of big set pieces of the film which a lot of movies can sort of nail but can they make like her putting all eating olives can that be funny yes it can be funny in this movie <laughs> she's trying to get the olive in her mouth like that somehow manages to be funny and the way yeah. she destroys his hat that made me laugh. i mean the physical comedy like they're both such geniuses at physical comedy like the scene where he rips or she rips her dress somehow and he then yeah trying to stand behind her to cover her so people don't see her uh under panties and you know it's just mm-hmm. so funny and it's just like the way they use their whole body to tell a joke is so funny yeah. they work in tandem together and they make this scene which is about a little thing you know somebody's dress is ripped and then it becomes this seven minute joke bonanza totally and so well choreographed and the way that they move around to cover it um i read somewhere that um that at some point it started kind of like improving Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn and they would crack each other up so much that they would delay production for days just because they couldn't stop laughing. 
and yeah, yeah and this was her first comedy which is interesting that i mean boy she nailed it in her first her first attempt at, mm-hmm. at, at comedy and uh yeah i mean just there were so many funny scenes like i love when uh she gives him her her purse and then it turns <laughs> out it's it's the other lady's purse and he's like a <laughs> he's like it'll never be clear as long as she's explaining it mm-hmm. that is so true yeah um should we talk about Catherine Hepburn for a bit because she's someone that we have uh haven't talked about in this podcast before and actually that golf scene reminded me of you Murtada because it made me think of how Kate Blanchett played Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator mm-hmm. and yes. in this first scene where she's in, introduced she's at a golf course so i was um and now you are telling me that kevin hepper is one of your favorite actresses. so so i would love to hear you talk a little bit about that i mean it's it's funny to think of katherine hepburn as not a comedian because most of her fit uh, you know more famous movies are comedies but i also started looking uh, when i started watching her movies i i think i started with her dramas like some um the Line in Winter, I think, was the first Catherine Hepburn movie I saw. And then all those melodramas she did in the 30s before this. Um, but I love her because she's somebody who just, um, like, she's so commanding on screen. Like, you can't take your eyes off her. And also, she's very eccentric. Um, she's mm. unique in that her voice has this tone that I don't think anybody else has. And it's very unique. And it can be. Um, sometimes a little grating, but it's also so distinctive. Like when you hear her voice, you're just like, oh, it's Catherine Hepburn. You're like, you get a little giddy because you remember <laughs> all the great stuff that she has done. So kind of that, that's why I like her because she's so distinctive. Like there's nobody like her. And yeah, th- I was thinking of that golf scene too, because they recreated in The Aviator, Kate and Leo do it. Um, you know, uh, Kate is definitely going for the Catherine Hepburn comedy in that scene, and she 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 gets it. Um, but yeah, I was thinking of that too in this movie. Mm. Yeah, I mean, she is famously Joe March in Little Women. I think I don't know if that was the first time I saw her, uh, but it was one of the first because I love Little Women. Uh, but she, you know, she's she had that sort of spirited independent uh feel to her in almost all her roles uh kind of like joe march and uh, you you know you definitely get the sort of madcap sensibility in this movie uh but then later on in the philadelphia story she's you know so great in that there's so many incredible incredible roles and all her movies with uh tracy spencer tracy yeah Mm -hmm. oh Oh, yeah. yeah desk set i love that that's one of my favorites of hers i i think that yeah she always had her own unique presence on screen there's just nothing quite like her like you were saying even with her voice the way she would talk it was so like confident and unique mm-hmm. in this movie more than any other that i've seen of her she really uh, made me realize um so many of the kind of female cartoon characters that I really loved as a kid seemed to be very much inspired by her and this performance. I was thinking specifically of, I don't know if you guys have seen Tiny Toon Adventures, but mm-hmm. Babs Bunny in that, um, she is basically like this character. She's just like, you know, she's just going for it and she won't stop. And the, um, 
the Warner sister Dot in Animaniacs also. They, mm-hmm. I reminded me of her, and I really loved her in this movie. I think she is, because she just keeps going and she doesn't um, stop. Um, she has one of my favorite line deliveries in all of cinema. In the line in Winter, where she says, "In a world where carpenters can get resurrected, anything is possible." And obviously, I'm not giving it justice. But the way she says that line with such contempt and to the side of her mouth, and it's just she's so so brilliant in that film. And sort of like that's a movie where it's a dramatic movie, but she is giving so many funny moments that you sort of see her in that line between comedy and drama in the same movie. Yeah. Well, and and let's talk about Cary Grant as well, because he is also somebody who I feel like could do almost anything uh, with his career. I mean, he was in these madcap comedies. He was in the Hitchcock films Hey, mm-hmm. he was in melodrama, like an affair to remember or mm-hmm. Penny Serenade. I mean, he just had a really wide range for someone that has such an archetype as far as their performance that we think of mm-hmm. he was Cary Grant in all of his roles. But uh, but he actually had quite a variety uh, when you look at the individual films that he put yeah. that kind of character in. Although very uh, pointedly, that sort of range and variety was not appreciated at the time. I feel like I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of writing of people saying that he was limited in his range, that he could only do one thing. Because, you know, because what you said, Rachel, that he always, it's always Cary Grant, but he is really good at playing many different things. I think he is mm-hmm. incredible at playing what he does in this movie, which is, you know, a kind of bumbling uh, nerd, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Even though he looks like Harry Grant and you just put some glasses on him, you know, and yeah. he's supposed to be like this flustered person. And actually, um, a testament to how great he is, is um, in the 70s, Peter Bogdanovich tried to make a kind of screwball kind of movie, um, What's Up Doc, with Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill. And I love that movie as well. It's really, really hilarious. but mm-hmm. Ryan O'Neill, you put glass on him and he doesn't get to the places that Cary Grant mm-hmm. does. You know, he it's really hard to capture that magnetism and that and that perfect comedic balance. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think people don't appreciate movie star charisma enough. That's why Cary Grant was never appreciated, I think, uh, in a way like, you know, he never won any awards for his acting. But the fact that even though he is he is himself in most of these movies, but that essence, that sort of presence and charisma that jumps off the screen that makes the performance, the character, the actor so captivating to, to watch and to keep watching, it's very hard. And a lot of people are great actors, but they don't have that thing where you can't take your eyes off them. And Cary Grant definitely yeah. had that in spades. Yeah, and, and to be able to to dip into so many different to be able to find a way to make that that role di- uh, applicable in so many different kinds of films is pretty amazing I mean, the difference between to catch a thief for instance or notorious uh it, it and you know and something like this is just huge yeah uh so yeah they some other kind of going on with the the movie i i think it was just funny that they had 
the leopard have I can't give anything but love be the song <laughs> and every time they have to sing the song it makes me laugh and and you can see some of Cary Grant's sort of circus training a little bit I feel like it because that's how he started his, oh. originally he was a circus performer mm-hmm. Archibald Leach was his real name and uh, and you can see kind of just his uh, I think as as they're as they're out looking for this uh this leopard i think you can see some of that kind of flexibility and that that expressionism in his in his performance here yeah and i was wondering what it would have been like to film a movie with a live leopard right next to you which apparently kagran was terrified of the leopard and Catherine hepburn was not and she made fun of him for it but I would be terrified if I was in that situation. Yeah. When a man is wrestling a leopard in the middle of a pond, he's in no position to run. <laughs> and then he's genuinely, like, he's genuinely scared of the leopard. Like, I, I yeah. just found it so funny. Like, you know, Catherine Hepburn is just like, oh, come, baby. And she's playing with him. And then Cary Grant is so frightened. And it just, you see it in his face. It's very funny. I would be terrified. <laughs> I am not the best even around like large dogs or things like that mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be good around in fact yeah. whenever the little dog i think it was roger is the name george it, or george whenever the little dog was around the leopard i was always like oh no oh my god when they're fighting each other or like playing with each other i was so scared for that dog <laughs> I was thinking, the dog's not going to survive um but actually what i love about the leopard is that um it, it feels kind of like just crazy and random to have a leopard in a movie, but also thinking about it, it kind of goes with the themes of the movie as well. Like the idea of Cary Grant being this like this stuffed guy in this very rigid world and he kind of confronted with the kind of like unbalanced, unrestrained nature. You know, Catherine Hepburn is, is like a leopard. I feel like she is like a, this this human who is a force of nature and cannot be stopped yeah we have the leopard as well to uh, illustrate that and it's an incredible comedic idea so it works so well Mm -hmm. i also love uh the uh mary uh, may robson as her aunt and oh yeah uh and then also charlie ruggles as major applegate i think they're both really funny uh she's like i don't want another lunatic in the family (laughs) we've got enough of them already (laughs) that makes me laugh and just her when they uh when they arrest her (laughs) she's just like so that jail scene i think it's just fantastic because the movie has had this um kind of running thing of mistaken identities and people thinking that they know what's going on but they really don't um and in that scene everything just gets uh to the max because the the constable thinks that he knows what's happening and who everyone is but then everyone tells them who they are and he just won't believe them and it's one thing after another of just simply like the the, this whole truth of the world has just been destroyed completely and it's all chaos well yeah and to his defense he calls the he calls the house and they're like no she's in bed and Mm. so yeah it just gets crazier and crazier and i think also the other thing that kind of makes it funnier is the fact that 
you you learn when she senses clothes away that 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 there's this isn't just her being completely madcap like she she is intentionally doing this because she's in love with him and i don't know that to me even makes it funnier <laughs> and then she starts doing that crazy accent <laughs> which is so funny like and she just starts spinning spinning tales and telling this tall tale and it just she just goes deep down this deep well of lies and it's just so so funny mm-hmm. i love also that that he makes her mr bone <laughs> yeah that's oh, yeah. his fake name if there is one one thing i just had a problem with with this movie not a problem you know this movie's perfect Mm -hmm. but anyway she just decides that she loves him and i was like is it just because he looks like cary grant like susan vance why do you love this man um that i could never really understand (laughs) yeah It, it yeah the only way that i understand it is in the sense that she just um it's kind of like almost like an ariana grande sort of thing like i see it i want it i got it you know like she Mm -hmm. just sees him and decides this man i'm gonna marry and before she even met him and she had already decided it by one look yeah i mean do we buy that he would be in love with her at the end after all this i mean if i had a big dinosaur that then somebody broke it i would not fall in love with them that's for sure Yeah. yeah yeah i guess it doesn't really make sense in in a you know realism kind of way but i do yeah. think the movie is building towards that right by making it clear from the beginning that he it feels like he's trying to me it feels like he's trying to fit into this world that he thinks he should be a part of but inside you know he really what he needed was something wilder and crazier I yeah I I think that's true. I I love when she becomes the mob, the mafia girl, and she's like, "I'm Susie, swinging door Susie, <laughs> yeah. and Jerry the Nipper." <laughs> I and I hadn't thought about it, but I I do think What's Up Doc is actually a really interesting comparison. That's especially her character and Barbara Streisand's character very similar. Yeah, very very similar. Mm-hmm. I love What's Up Doc. I love it too. I think it's brilliant. I think Hepburn and Streisand have completely different screen personas. Um, I think um, they are both very funny comedians and, Mm -hmm. you know, magnetic actors, both of them. But it's just their presence is different. Like I feel um, Catherine Hepburn is is somebody who... um, is, is more commanding and in her... Later parts, especially, she is. She has this sort of um, androgynous presence. Like she's not exactly male. It's not a male mm-hmm. presence. Like she's not male or female. She's just androgynous. And I think um, Streisand is a distinctly female presence on screen. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But they're both just leave chaos in their wake. Both characters is what I think is similar. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But yeah, I, it's just I. I don't know. It's just one of those comedies that that just never has a dull moment. They just it's just one gag after another, mm-hmm. and it, it's I was just laughing so much. I enjoyed watching it so much. So this was a real treat. Yeah, to watch. So should we get into our questions? Then? Yes, let's do it. So, uh, what do we think makes this a Criterion film? Is it in the actual Criterion collection? Do we know? 
Oh, that's a good question. Let me check that real quick. I think maybe because of its impact over the years, like I think of like Conrado brought up What's Up Doc and I'm sure nothing comes to mind right now, but I'm sure there are so many other movies and other actors who were inspired by by this movie, you know, and sort of like the mistaken identity and the pratfalls and all of not not that this movie created that, but it's became the gold standard for that. And it has been imitated and it has inspired so many others that I think maybe that's a reason for it to belong in Criterion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not officially in the collection. It's probably a, a studio thing. But uh, but yeah, I think that it's it's just such a great example of what it's trying to do. And I think that's what the collection tries to do is get the best of, you know, as many genres and styles of movies as, as they can get. And you got to have some comedies in your collection. You don't want it to all be, uh, you know, dour. Yeah. I also think there is a something very uh, cool about its history because um, it was kind of a flop at the time when it came mm-hmm. out and then it was rediscovered on when it was on television in the 50s and also by the you know by the French and Cahiers du Cinema and whatever who they because they love Howard Hawks and I think there's a little bit of that rediscovery that makes it feel kind of cool and cine, cinephile you know like the the hidden gem that was rescued by by the fans mm. and as well as the fact that it's so zany and so, you know, detached from regular, realis- more realistic romantic comedies that it gets into that kind of Marx Brothers chaotic mm. kind of place that I think it's also kind of very cool to a certain kind of fan and cinephile, right? Because it feels like it's comedy that just is, is totally out there. Um, and I think those things also help to make it stand out from from all the other screwball comedies, which are also really great, but this really stands out to me as something that is crazier than usual. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And so where do we think it, it lands on the pretentiousness scale that we have one to 10, uh, 10 being the most pretentious, uh, one being not at all super crowd pleaser. I'd give it a one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like made for you to just have, just to keel over laughing you know it's just comedy um yeah yeah i feel like i agree with with mortada maybe maybe i'd go up to two or three just because i feel like nowadays there are people who for whom black and white is already something that's like a Uh, hard sell but literally just because of that but like you know in my heart it's like a one it's just like who wouldn't love this movie after watching it i i agree with you both that it's very very low on the (laughs) One question that I wanted to ask you is that, you know, for people who don't watch as many movies and who sort of like, I don't know, grew up on a different diet, this sort of screwball, like going fast at you, mistaken identities, is that something that it's still popular that, you know, somebody very young, like teenager or younger than that would like? Hmm. When we do our remake, so I think we'll talk a little bit about that, but yeah, it is it is a type of humor that you don't see executed as very much as far as new movies these days. Yeah. And I don't think. Mm. If anything, I would say that the closest thing to this kind of humor that I can think of is maybe on TV sitcoms. Like, you know, I know that Frasier, when I was younger, 
growing up watching that show, which is basically just farce. You know, it's like every episode is kind of like a mistaken mm-hmm. identity kind of thing. Um, I think like that maybe is the closest that that I can think of. But that even that is like from the 90s. So it's been a while. I, I can think of a number of films that kind of try to do this type of thing, but it uh, it doesn't work very well. Like, for instance, The Wrong Missy last year, which was all these pratfalls and one this this person who's just one disaster after another. Uh, but she was so irritating and unlikable and uh, just one of the most annoying characters I've ever seen. And, and so it didn't work very well. And so I don't know, you know, how, how we can make that not be the case. I don't know if it's just, I mean, this, this comes back to the power of Catherine Hepburn, right? Like Susan Vance could be yeah. a very annoying person. Like this is somebody you don't really want to have in your life if this was true, but she makes her so charming and so fun to watch and you mm-hmm. just can't not but love her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I have, I'll, I'll talk about somebody in, uh, in uh, did you um, come up with a remake uh, Murtado idea? I mean, I was going to just say since Scorsese already kind of remade part of this movie in The Aviator in that scene, maybe we could get Leo and Kate to do it again. And instead of playing Howard Hughes and Catherine Hepburn, they can just play Susan Vance and David Huxley. (laughs) That's actually a pretty good idea. I feel like um, I would like to see Leo DiCaprio in a role like this. I mean, we already know that what Kate can do with that. but I think Leo is very good at comedy, and he and he rarely mm-hmm. does yeah. it. Um, and to see him, because I feel like he's best when he's trying to play someone who wants to be in control or is pretending that he's in control, but he's not. So to see him in that kind of Cary Grant role of like really losing it, I I would be interested. Yeah. And he is he has been charming on screen, like in Catch Me If You Can, and. But he doesn't lean on that mm-hmm. a lot, so you know, mm-hmm. he should try. He should try it once yeah. more before he gets um, too old for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're speaking my language because "Catch Me If You Can" is my favorite Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio performance. So yeah. we'd love to see more of that. It's so fun in it. The, the closest I could think of to this kind of sensibility in modern movies—it's been a while since we got one—but the uh, the Christopher Guest troupe of actors in movies like uh the best in show and waiting for government and i mean just so funny and i i think if you had them with this same kind of premise a bit of a road trip i think that could be really funny obviously uh you have uh catherine o'hara and mm-hmm. I mean, they're in Eugene Levy and that whole group would be more of an ensemble kind of take on this story. But I think it could be really funny. And who I think you could add to the group for this is have John Hamm play the Cary Grant role. I feel like he is pretty close to our modern day Cary Grant, uh, but he's just been in television. But he has done comedies and he's been funny in them. I mean, you have something like Bridesmaids or, you know, some with this. Mm-hmm. So I think that he could be really funny. And uh, and the uh, I think that you could have a lot of different actresses sort of 
playing his love interest in the film. Um, I, I I couldn't quite decide on who I want to be the Catherine Hepburn. I don't know. Well, if you're doing Christopher Guest, I would love to see Parker Posey in the as the character. Ah, yeah, I yes. like that idea. Good one. Yeah, she'd be great. Mm-hmm. That would be really funny. And I mean, I would just, I'd think that somebody like Jennifer Coolidge could make, uh, make this kind of thing really funny. She's almost always hilarious. Even in bad movies, she's usually the funniest part in any film she's in. So I think if you got that group together, especially with how popular Shit's Creek is. And- yeah. So um, I think both of you have done a pretty good job uh, coming up with ideas. I was having a hard time just thinking of how iconic and one-of-a-kind Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn are as actors. But I was thinking, who is an actor for the Catherine Hepburn role who I feel brings that kind of comedic... uh, powerhouse sort of thing you know like don't stop and someone who i feel like hasn't been properly given all that she can give us which i think a lot of people will agree is maya rudolph who is usually in supporting Mm. roles but i would love to see her in a role that is like a romantic lead like of this kind where she can just really let loose i was having trouble uh pairing her up though i'm not sure who I would want for the K Grand part. What about John Hamm and Maya Rudolph? That could be funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's not bad. I actually would watch that. Yeah. I think that I I think you guys landed on the perfect combo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! If you're if you're listening to Hollywood, <laughs> we got it. We got your casting. Uh, so I think that that could be funny, and it just it seems like it's just been so long since i've seen a comedy that really i don't know that really made me laugh the way that this one did i guess not many do so Mm -hmm. uh that was a lot of fun so conrado you are picking our next movie so why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about next yeah so next month or rather this month by the time you're hearing this um criterion channel is adding a movie to their roster, which is one of my favorites. It is Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. And this is a 1999 movie starring Forrest Whitaker and directed by Jim Jarmusch. And um, I'm a big Jim Jarmusch fan, and this movie in particular I really love, so I'm really excited to talk about it. It is a strange, one-of-a-kind movie, halfway between comedy, uh, action, and art house movie so it's definitely something very criteriony and very conradoy yeah well it'll be interesting i'm excited uh i didn't like the last jim jarmusch film that i saw but hopefully i'll like this one <laughs> mm-hmm. but then was the dead don't die which a lot of people don't like so i didn't like it no no not at all so that'll be fun to explore and talk about so let us know if you're listening what you think about this about bringing up baby about carrie grant about katherine hepburn uh let us know your thoughts we would love to talk with you on uh, twitter at criterion pod and uh and thank you so much matata for joining us this is so great to have you thank you so much for having me i had so much fun talking about to you about this movie and uh, Conrado, where can people find you? 
Yeah, people can find me on Twitter at CocoHitsNY. Great. And Murtado, where can they find you and your podcast? You can find me on Twitter at M-E underscore says, and you can find my podcast at SundaysWithKate.com or just look for Sundays with Kate with a C at any place that you listen to podcasts. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and I'm going to be covering the Sundance Film Festival coming up and also at rotoscopers.com. I'm going to be having interviews with all the animators uh, from Sundance. So right now I've got 10 out of the 11 interviews done. So hopefully I'll get that a last one, but they're going to be really fun. So check it out over there. And then also at Hallmarkies Podcast, we're doing our big uh, Hallmarkies Podcast Awards ceremony this week. Oh. So it'll be in the past by the time you get this, but you definitely want to check that out. we got stars. We even have Lacey Chabert accepting your reward. So it's pretty amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So nice. make sure to check that out over there. And if you're listening to this episode on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. It really helps us a lot. And let us know what you've been watching on the Criterion channel. We'd love to hear from you. So thanks so much. And we will be talking again in February. See you then. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>